This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquis Vandemark, on this Tuesday morning, June 7th, 2022. Thanks for joining us. It's a rainy day here in the Midwest. But that's good for the grass, good for the flowers, and it's the greatest place to live in the greatest nation on God's green earth, deep in the heart of the Midwest, where patriots live, love their families, their communities, their children, their schools. If you haven't subscribed yet to our podcast, you can go to AffirmAmerica.com, put in your email address, we'll send you out a notice on the next episode. You can reach me at Marquise at AffirmAmerica.com. All right, today is news you can use. Top five headlines for this Tuesday, June 7th. Headline number five. Los Angeles DA George Gascon's recall petition hits half a million signatures. From Fox News, recall organizers in Los Angeles County said Wednesday they were heading down the home stretch of a months-long campaign to force the exit of District Attorney George Gascon amid a crime surge. The recall George Gascon campaign said it has collected 500,000 signatures as of Monday, leaving them with 67,000 more needed from registered voters by the July 6th deadline to put the recall question on a ballot. To collect the remaining number of signatures needed, the group has mailed out 3.6 million petitions to Los Angeles County voters. It said 5% of those who receive and sign the forms would give the campaign more than enough to clear the threshold. Okay, so George uh, Cascone is a George Soros plant. George Soros poured millions of dollars into his campaign so that he does not prosecute crimes in L.A. It's uh, completely absurd. I mean, he lets people walk, done crimes that involve guns, armed robberies, letting people out, letting people out of jails. T- uh, Tucker Carlson did a uh, two-part series on uh, Gascon. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on Fox Nation. goes into detail about Cascone and his thinking behind it. It's, uh, it's crazy town. I mean, L.A. has become a third-world country. It's just like Blade Runner. People are running around lawless, committing crimes, homeless, or 10 times what they used to be back in the 70s when I used to live there. So it's a good thing that the recall is very close to making the ballot. And let's just hope that Californians, the Los Angeles, will vote in favor of recalling this uh, nut job. And also up there in um, San Francisco, too, Bodine is on the ballot today. Let's hope that he gets recalled as well, kicked out, bumped out. Uh, These George Soros plants are not good for the country. We have them in Chicago, Philadelphia, and it's just um, crazy town. We need more policing, not defunding the police, not letting people walk to commit crimes. That doesn't make sense. It never has. It never will. We are a nation of law 
and order. All right, headline number four. Abbott reopening baby formula plant pivotal to production. From the Daily Wire, Abbott Nutrition is reopening its baby formula manufacturing facility in Sturgis, Michigan, after it was at the center of national attention as part of the baby formula shortage. In a press release Sunday, Abbott Nutrition announced that it would open its plant in accordance with the provisions of a consent agreement reached by the company and the Food and Drug Administration. The company previously announced they would be reopening the facility last week. The facility was shut down in February. Abbott, quote, we understand the urgent need for formula and our top priority is getting high quality, safe formula into the hands of families across America. We will ramp production as quickly as we can while meeting all requirements. We're committed to safety and quality and we'll do everything we can to re-earn the trust parents, caregivers, and health care providers have placed in us for 130 years. Okay, so this is uh, directly Joe Biden's administration. They knew about this last year, that this was going to happen. Joe was asleep at the switch. That's all we can say. He had an opportunity. Do you think Donald Trump would have let that happen? I don't think so. Donald Trump would have acted immediately. He would have been on it. He would have called in all those executives, those CEOs. He, they would have been sitting around the table, and he, they would have solved that problem over lunch. So that's what you get when you vote these Democrats into office, these far-left liberals, this sleepy guy that has no business to be the president of the United States. He's a firm. He's not competent. That's what you get. In addition to that, we also had, as you recall, all the baby formula going down to the border to be given out to the illegal aliens coming across the border, the southern border. So they were more concerned about the illegals than they were about the American people. So I want you to remember that in the midterms and make sure you vote for America First type candidates. That's what we need. We need to kick out the rhinos. We definitely don't want any more Democrats. We want to take back the Congress and the Senate. Because if we continue down this road, we're not going to have a country anymore. All right, headline number three. Joe Biden enacts Defense Production Act to waive tariffs on solar panels imported from China. From Reuters, President Joe Biden waived tariffs on solar panels from four Southeast Asian nations for two years and invoked the Defense Production Act to spur solar panel manufacturing at home the White House said on Monday, confirming a Reuters report. The tariff exemption applies to panels from Cambodia, Malaysia, Thailand, and Vietnam and will serve as a bridge while U.S. manufacturing ramps up. Katie Pavlich, speaking to reporters from briefing room Monday afternoon, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre struggled to justify President Joe Biden's invocation of the Defense Production Act to build solar panels. Given the DPA is reserved for times of war and true emergencies, Jean-Pierre's explanation shows Biden is using the extreme measure to push the left's climate change agenda and force transition away from oil and gas. From the town hall, Jacques Henrich, 
on solar panels, how is this not a gift to Chinese solar manufacturers, many of whom operate with forced labor and are subsidized by the Chinese Communist Party? KJP, this is about one country and one country alone, and it's about the United States. Okay, so this is all about uh, the Biden administration pandering to their far left, their climate activists, their Green New Deal folks like AOC and those that are pushing this climate hoax. That's right, I said climate hoax. There still has been no definitive proof that climate is caused by man. But not only that, we have uh, a problem here. We're again giving favors to China and to other countries when we should be doing our own manufacturing back here at home. I'm calling for a complete ban on Chinese goods. I think we should have a remaking of America through Made in America. And that's what I call for, for all God-loving Americans and patriots, that everything should be made back here in the United States to serve the world with good quality products and made by American hands. So this is a problem that has gone on for years. We're now tied too much to China and the supply chains and all the issues that we saw recently and the influence they have over corporations and this wokeism that we're seeing as a direct result of Chinese influence in all areas of our life. So let us remember that. Let's continue to push back on the CCP and their influence when it comes to Chinese goods. Let's make things here in the U.S. of A. All right, headline number two, Musk threatening to abandon Twitter deal from the Financial Times. Elon Musk has threatened to walk away from his $44 billion acquisition of Twitter, accusing the social media company of failing to provide enough information about fake accounts. Musk has repeatedly criticized Twitter's claim that less than 5% of its daily active users are bots, warning last month that his takeover cannot move forward unless the platform provides proof. Ed Morrissey, as the single largest shareholder of Twitter at that time, Musk could have demanded a full accounting before any bid. If Twitter failed to comply, Musk could have forced the issue into court. Even as a bidder, Musk could have made his best and final offer contingent on an outside estimate of the bot content on the platform. And yet here we are, and what looks like a way to get out of the deal without coughing up the billion-dollar cancellation fee. Musk's attorneys are trying to paint this as a material breach that will negate the buyout agreement. Okay, so there's a lot of good points here. A um, couple things is Musk um, should have done maybe a little bit more due diligence, should have uh, uh, required for the fake accounts, the bots, could have... Uh, really gotten more accurate information on who is real subscribers to Twitter. He took uh, the 5% uh, at face value and now is realizing that it's not even close to, to 5%. And so now he's trying to back out of the deal. The problem is, is he is in Delaware. They do have strong legal laws over there. It may be more difficult for him to overturn his commitment to the billion-dollar cancellation fee. But we'll wait and see, because it could drag out in court for months and months and months, 
and it could be that Twitter may just want to settle if he has the long game and is willing to spend the court fees rather than cough up the billion-dollar cancellation fee. Regardless, we won. No matter whether he takes it or not, it's been brought into the public eye, the public sphere. Everybody realizes that Twitter is is censoring speech, and uh, that has already been brought to the forefront. People are very well aware of that, so we have won either way, whether he takes over Twitter or not. We have other social media platforms like Getter and Rumble and Truth, True Social, which is free speech open to anybody's point of view. So again, Elon Musk possibly backing out of the takeover of Twitter. All right, headline number one, Ilya Shapiro resigns Georgetown Law from the National Review. Ilya Shapiro's reinstatement at Georgetown's law school may have been a victory for outside pressure against the forces of cancel culture, but it also sent an unambiguous signal that Georgetown would have caved to the mob and fired Shapiro if it was at liberty to do so and would lie in wait for the first instant that a student found it politically useful to claim offense at Shapiro in order to make that happen once his defenders had let down their vigilance. That makes an obvious mockery of the university's supposed commitment to the sort of robust free speech we associate with academic freedom when the speaker is left of center. Ilya Shapiro, it is the Georgetown administrators who have created a hostile work environment for me. Fundamentally, what Mr. Trenner has done, what he's allowed the IDEAA to do, is repeal the speech and expression policy that he claims to hold dear. The freedom to speak is no freedom at all if it makes an exception for speech someone finds offensive or counter to some nebulous conception of equity. Georgetown's treatment of me shows how the university applies even these self-contradicting principles inconsistently dependent on ideology. Okay, so if you're considering to send your children to Georgetown University, you might want to think that over again. The schools are becoming more and more woke, more and more indoctrination camps that are going to bring much more long-term harm than they do short-term harm, unless your children have a clear goal and purpose for why they're going to the university, maybe for science, law, something that is very clear, and also try to prepare them for censorship. Because all the universities, most of them, but even more so the Ivy League-type colleges, are becoming more and more woke, more and more indoctrination camps. And kids come in, and they come out completely changed as a result of their days at a lot of these colleges. So it's like sending your children to be fed to the wolves. So be aware of that. Make sure that you teach them, and you might want to consider, make sure you are very careful in which schools that you send to them and find out what they're all about before you spend your hard-earned money sending your kids off to an indoctrination camp. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquis Vandemark. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. 
We'll see you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it. 